Hello, I'm Dan. And I'm Simon. And this is the Wikicast, a podcast where Wikipedia takes us to a random article and we talk about what we find. Simon, what are we talking about this week? This week, Daniel, we are talking about Franklin County Jail, parentheses, Benton, Illinois. Oh. Have mm. we had a jail before? I don't think we have. I don't think we have had a jail. This might be our first jail. Uh, is it our first offence? Unless one of us has got a sort of Monopoly get out of jail free card, in which case we could activate that and get yeah, a different article. This episode, I don't think neither... We don't, do we? This episode will actually just be like 30 seconds long, because I, I will yeah. immediately whip out. And that's all for this week's episode. Thanks yeah. so much. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the Franklin County Jail... Oh, because this is... Yeah, there's a distinction between jail and prison, isn't there? The Franklin County Jail, located at 209 West Main Street in Benton, is the former county jail of Franklin County, Illinois. Built in 1905 to 1906 to replace the county's previous jail, which was built in the 1840s. I've got to say, it's it's a relatively handsome building. It, it looks sort of like a small school. You know, it's a red brick building with quite nice... Oh gosh, are those Corinthian columns? There's sort of... There's, there's the scroll work at the top, which is Ionian, but then they're on the four corners the vertices at the top oh right so uh, i don't i don't know i don't i don't i don't don't know enough about architecture i need to go and consult my rice's church primer which as a little plug is an absolutely phenomenal book if you're interested in classical and sacred architecture because it's all illustrated beautifully and it's amazing last episode we had 12 months of monastery soups this episode (laughs) rice's church primer in the danmore is a (laughs) middle-aged Well, I mean, well, this is about as far from a church. Actually, well, is it as far from a church as you, as you can get? Because I mean, the, the purpose of a jail is to hold, as opposed to a prison, is to hold people before they are sentenced. Is that correct? I think so. Whereas, which I suppose you could argue it's the same thing as a church. You know, you, you go there before you are judged post-death. Yes. Look, it's a tenuous link, Simon, but I like it. Let's go with it. Let's do it. <laughs> the more D and D I do, Dan, the more the more improv I do. Uh, I I feel like I I get better at this, you know. <laughs> Actually, tell you what, I had a um completely dropping the order of the show for a second. So I played some D and D uh the, this week, the week of recording, mm-hmm. with the RP Geeks, which is the regular uh, the troupe that I play with, but also Jasper Cartwright. Oh, wait, sorry, no, it's that's not his full name. It's Jasper William Cartwright. I have to remember his middle name, mm-hmm. who is a professional D D player, actor, dungeon master, all that kind of thing. Gosh. And it's the first time I've ever played with a professional, sort of, you know, someone mm-hmm. who does it as their full-time job. Yeah. And I think going into it, I thought to myself, how much of a difference can it really make? Like, you know, this is, we're playing make-believe and we're doing kind of amateur acting, whatever. And oh my word, can you tell when someone is a professional? It was amazing, the difference. It was the equivalent of playing five-a-side football, but then like Harry Kane comes onto your side and it was literally just get the ball to Jasper. In any improv situation, you do your bit and then you pass the ball to Jasper. Yeah, yeah. And um, he worked magic. So shout out Jasper, you were an amazing guest on the RP Geeks. Is he playing a a caster class? No, he was playing, uh, I still have his details up here, Captain Horatio Obisanya Tyus. Who was this? Was a sci-fi Star Trekky monster of the week type uh, kind of mystery, I suppose. Mm. I was playing an, another character, very much based on Ed Dunn, actually, yeah. a, a French overly flamboyant artistic engineer. And yeah, it was it was a really fun one. I would say as a one shot, I believe it's going on on our, on our YouTube. Charmini the, the, was the dungeon master for it, and I think did a great job. But yes, just to say, yeah, the, I I felt like I was getting okay at improv, and then I just got massively slapped. No, I wasn't slapped down. I was lifted up by jasper yeah 
And actually, that's the point. It's a sort of topical. This is this can go in the description because it's very much SEO at the moment. The Dungeons and Dragons movie is coming out next week. Yeah, I'm I'm interested about that. Part of me wants it to be what I want it to be is I want I want to watch it and think that was a laugh, that was fun, and it wasn't so much of a laugh and just fun that it was a bit of a crap film. Yes. I'd like it just if it's fun and a laugh and mediocre, I'll be happy. That's fine. From the trailers, I'm a little concerned because I think that yes. the way that we think of, uh, you know, watching and playing TTRPGs like D&D mm. is very, I don't know, is it British? We just have quite a wry sense of humour about it. Yeah. We're not the, the kind of like, huzzah, we just defeated the goblin, guys. Mm. Which is like, I don't think is, to be fair, what most uh, D&D groups in america think but i'm worried that that from the the type of humor that's been in the trailers i'm worried that's what the studio thinks D is all about yeah see it's interesting though because who have they got narrating the film uh is it hugh grant no it's sue perkins you're jo- i didn't know that yeah sue perkins is is the is the sort of narrator i'm sure that's right hang on let me just check this furious go- hang on, go to- D film Sue Perkins lends voice to Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Wow. I'm sure I've seen her, like, clips of her doing her stuff on TikTok. Interesting. Yeah. Because Chris Pine's the lead, right? Mm Mm-hmm. The Comedian 53 recorded a special form of narration for the film adaptation of the legendary game that will be used to provide information on key visual elements for blind or partially sighted viewers. Ah. Oh, so she's not the narrator per se. It's sort of a accessibility track. Oh, did you know Auntie Donna have provided voices for this? They have they? That's awesome. Yeah, well, I, I'm looking at the wiki now. Auntie Donna provided voices for corpses for the Australian release of the film. That's superb. A, I have a lot of questions about that, but that that's kind of hilarious. Um, I, mm. I did see they had like a video promoting it uh, the other day. And also people from Critical Role are making appearances. Because my friend um, Mark Humes, shout out, another D&D legend, Mark, Mark Humes was at the premiere uh, the other day mm. uh, and was tweeting like, you know, what should I wear? Should I go for full like role play garb or should I go for a suit? And I think he ended up going for like a suit, but with a cape. So kind of like a halfway house. Yeah, nice, nice. But yeah, I'd be, I'd be up for seeing it. I, am, I would be interested to see what they do with it, but I've not got terribly high hopes, I will say. Mm. I'm a little bit, I don't know. I've not had a great year of watching stuff recently. Yes. Yeah. That's just I know what you mean. Not been a lot that's excited me. Although, although hopefully I'm going to be finally seeing everything everywhere all at once. Oh, um, I watched it like four days ago. Oh, yeah. well, hey, wait, 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 wait. There's a whole section of the show for it, Dan. Yes, I know. <laughs> we need to hold on. We need to hold on. Let, let's talk a little bit more about Franklin County Jail. Um, yes, so, please. Oh, actually, would you look at that? If I'd literally read the next sentence, it would have told us about the architecture. Architect Joseph um, W. Sorry, I'm saying this like in a very enthusiastic, overly enthusiastic, psychoma yeah, voice. Cool, cool your jets. We've got a long way to go. Architect. Sorry. Okay. I'll turn it down. Architect Joseph W. Royer designed the jail. The brick building features limestone trim, a hip roof with gabled dormers, and a front porch, which was rebuilt in 1997. Hey, good year, 1997. Brilliant year. Yep, when I turned seven. <laughs> when I was born. <laughs> I mean, I, I, 97 was a pretty good year, I guess, for me. I mean, how many problems could you really have in primary school, apart from, like, bullying? We had, we had the big Blair government swing oh, gosh, and yeah. coming into power and we had the death of princess diana so swings and roundabouts i think it's probably safe <laughs> to say Jesus Christ. yeah speaking of columns 
hang on, where, where limestone trim, hip roof, a hip roof. Oh, a hip roof is where all sides slip downwards to the walls, right? Ah. With a gabled dormer. That sounds like it's also just the fancy way of saying the same thing. Oh, interesting. But the reason, the, when this came up, I have to admit, my first thought when you see County Jail, Illinois. Well, actually, if I say that to you, what do you think of? What's your immediate thought? What, County Jail, Illinois? Yeah, County Jail in Illinois. I suppose my immediate thought is already it sounds like a building that I wouldn't expect it to be. <laughs> no, no, do you no. Know what I mean? no. Nothing to do with the, the film. Um, it's uh, the Blues Brothers. Oh. Because they're, they're, that's set in, in Illinois, right? And it's Cook County. And they are, the, the start oh, of God, it. Actually, is I haven't seen this film in ages. Oh, so good. The Blues Brothers. Yeah. People haven't seen the Blues Brothers. It is a classic for a reason. It's the, the cast of it is just absurd. Like James Brown, Cab Calloway, Aretha Franklin, Ray Charles, John Lee Hooker. Like, bam, 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 bam. New musical legends. Mm. But yeah, that, that's all about you know, busting out of jail and, and stuff like that. Wow, I should rewatch this film. Yeah, sounds like I need to rewatch it. I can't. I can't really remember a thing. Oh yeah, John Landis is in it. He's he's like the um he's the director and he's also got a cameo. That's I feel that's such a power move. Like mm, most of oh, the time, sure. if you're a director, just yeah. be like, oh, this is going to be me. Actually, mm, I'm just going to do this bit. Especially if you're Quentin Tarantino and you're going to be like, this scene is all about feet. Yes. I'm actually going to play every character yes. in this scene, <laughs> as opposed to the slightly more subtle Peter Jackson. Yeah, like he because he's in every one of the th well, no, he's in the theatrical release of fellowship in the two towers and i think he's only mm -hmm. in the extended edition of the return of the king yes i think that's right because he's on, he's on the boat isn't he yeah he's a corsair captain that legolas shoots because gimli like nudges his aim mm -hmm. like sorry I, I sometimes i think about lord of the rings and i get way too deep into it and i just kind of marvel at the fact that the films exist at all yeah oh, but, so good anyway so good. anyway dan before before we we sort of fully fully you know fall off of the wagon of the Wikicast. How are you? It's been quite a while since we've spoken. Well, we were saying just before we hit record, again, another sort of little insight behind the scenes moment, we were we suddenly were very concerned that we hadn't done an episode since Christmas. But fortunately, there was one on, did you say the 1st of February? We released one on the 1st of February. We recorded mid-January, yeah. Yes. Well, in short, I'm fine. I've been very busy. And I've only actually got back to Exeter yesterday, having been in the big smoke in London Town for, um, for probably about a fortnight. A mixture of sort of social call and hopefully lining up some job interviews and things, which will further accelerate the long desired move to London. My, my sort of relocation, which is very exciting, but I had a really, really lovely time. Yeah, so it does feel odd being back in Exeter, having been away for so long. Because you've finished your studies now, mm -hmm. and you, yeah, you're basically in the process of trying to sort a job, right? Yeah, a job at a firm, basically. So, so yeah. other than job hunting, what have you been spending your time doing? Well, it was nice being in London because my partner is in London. So staying with her and just being able to spend more time, because normally we're having to sort of constantly put what feels like putting life on pause, because... I can only, you know, she can only very occasionally come down to Exeter and I can reasonably occasionally go up to London. So it was nice to spend more time there. It was my mother's birthday. Big shout out to Mama Moore. 21. She doesn't look it. She's, I know, it's extraordinary, isn't it? She, uh, we had a very, very lovely birthday. I ended up going up to Oxford and we went out for a really lovely meal and it was nice to be home and spending time with my family and the dog and, you know, because I hadn't been back in such a long time. So that was that was really really nice. Um, 
I had some really interesting conversations with folk in London in regards to sort of some networking and jobs and things. Oh, cool. One of which was completely ludicrous and without giving too much away, I was invited to a fairly elite gentleman's club in London. So when you say was, gentleman's club, do you mean like a, a, a dining club? Like I mean like a private member's gentleman's yeah, club. Yeah, okay. No, d- yeah. <laughs> so there's two different uh, <laughs> two different meanings that you could take from that. <laughs> yeah, um, which was completely lovely and, and really amazing. And I'm, I'm, in, I'm very lucky to have been invited and that was a jolly night and i consumed basically my own weight and then some in um drink and cigars and it was lovely about three ounces yes yeah exactly about a tablespoon but it, yeah it was really really nice and i caught up with uh some friends the hugo wickman i, I, I said ah, hello Mr. To, wickman. lots of old sort of classic wikicast characters so that was that was really lovely yeah <laughs> the wikicast extended universe you know yes yeah absolutely <laughs> What about you, though? What about you? Yeah, so it's been uh, a very unusual uh, and quite a difficult start to the year because, as people would have seen on my social media, um, well, on Twitter specifically, my dad's uh, was in hospital for a very long time. Uh, he was in for, I think it was 44 days in the end, which was a really, a very difficult experience because mm. you... you got used to going in because I, I mean my mum went in every single day I went in almost every day and you would see you know people on the ward be there for a, a couple of days and then they just you know they'd leave because they get better and you'd see this rotating cast of characters and he was just this fixture because he had this really significant uh, infection mm. that was going on uh, and was being treated with antibiotics but he also had uh, an ileostomy so he had a, a stoma fitted which shout out to my friend Hannah, Hannah Witten. It was very helpful um, giving some advice on sort of how to adjust to it because she's had a stoma fitted for, um, I think it's five years now. Yeah, um, good long while. And um, yeah, and he has been now home since, I'm happy to say. But uh, w- what I haven't discussed on sort of public socials is sort of what's been going on, not alongside that, but I guess the context of what's been going on, which is that, you know, this this is a terminal illness that my dad has Mm. and it's very difficult well it's very difficult in lots of ways but in one way it's very difficult because we simply don't know what kind of timeline we're looking at yeah we were told on the i think it was the 22nd of january that this was now terminal Mm -hmm. and the warning then was this could be you know days weeks and that's proved to not be correct we went through a period of maximum peril where we had a bunch of uh, procedures done that was successful and his, he recuperated very well um in fact the fact that my dad is um i don't think i've mentioned it on the pod before but he he's exceptionally fit um as an individual mm. you know he, he he's run i asked him this the other day he's run something like 20 half marathons yeah and you know very very active swimmer and very very active i mean he's 68 and he's well up until everything went wrong with this illness he was very very active and that mm. has helped with his recovery but uh, you know at the end of the day this is a battle that he can't win we just don't know when that's going to take place and it's meant that every day you are trying to make the most of you know talking to to him and um visiting and making sure that my mum's all right because obviously you know everything that I'm going through is much more difficult for her yes and it's also difficult to plan things it's difficult but it's one of the reasons why I haven't sort of been on Twitch I haven't really been releasing YouTube videos I haven't been giving talks because 
I don't want to say that I will do something to a sponsor or to a you know a, a university and then have to pull out. Mm. So we've yeah. been playing it very safe, and you know it's it's a horrible. It's a horrible kind of waiting game at this point. Mm. But I do want to say that the support that I've had from the community, so people who, you know, are on the Discord, uh, but also people who are supporting me on on my personal uh, Patreon, as well as the Wikicast Patreon, has just been exceptional. And it's it's meant that um, I, I don't have to panic about getting stuff out. I have been very worried about work stuff, obviously, because it's been a very long time for me to not be making stuff. And well, I mean, I, I made one video, which we can talk about perhaps later, which was this um, big documentary. But, uh, you know, I've barely been making anything. And of course, that means that barely been bringing in any any revenue. Yes. But I've been very privileged because of the support of this community that I I don't have to panic. I've got a pl- I've got a large runway, if you like, where I can, you know, take time as needed and frankly if i i don't know how i would have coped if it hadn't been for the support of of the community Hmm. i have been finding it difficult especially the past week or so when i think he has definitely my dad has definitely taken a bit of a turn for the worse and you can sort of see this decline happening yeah that combined with business stuff combined with stuff that i still can't talk about some stuff going on behind the scenes as well Hmm. you know it, it has been difficult and the idea of having to do all of this and maintain a weekly upload schedule i I wouldn't. I simply wouldn't have been able to to manage it. So no. I just want to, you know, use this platform, get on the soapbox to say a huge, huge thank you to people in the community who have been so supportive. I really, really do appreciate it. And also, you know, th- thanks, thank you to you, Dan, and to and to other friends who have been really wonderful and sending messages and, you know, checking in. And uh, even if it's something as simple and silly as sending memes, it does make a big difference. It's- it's something it's a hard one isn't it because as much as as much as you know that obviously uh, it, it goes without saying that and, and i'm and i'm glad that you know and recognize that you've got a you've got a you know a very tightly knit support network around you speaking as someone who is in that support network you 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 absolutely know that there are times when actually you know you can be supportive and you can be sending messages but you can't necessarily be there and inevitably there will be times where the kind of support that you might need actually for you in a moment may may well be just a bit of with a bit of time away you know a bit of space away from those other voices and those other Mm. you know those comments as 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 sort of helpful as they might be and you know i think i'm sure well what goes again it also goes without saying that there's going to be a lot of people in the community who haven't uh haven't met your dad i've been fortunate enough to have met him on quite a few occasions most notably your wedding but obviously mm. all the time when we sort of live together and they might come down and we go out walking and things and and much as i completely agree with you that he you know he's you know an incredibly fit man physically and, and that has clearly aided in in his sort of you know recovery from from surgery and things but the thing that really struck me and, and i can see it absolutely where you get it from and that his you know sort of emotional resilience and strength of character much as strength of of sort of person and the more sort of physiological side is just as strong if not more so so Mm. on the one hand i suppose it's it's good to know that he's such a strong fighter but then i suppose it does make those you know those slight deteriorations all the more stark because he's you know moving down from such a high place of sort of emotional strength yeah um yeah but, but i was really over the moon when i heard that you know the surgery had gone well and he was finally you know he was coming home and and i'm sure all of the listeners will be 
completely in agreement with me when I say that we're sort of, you know, thinking of thinking of you and your mum and, and, and Pixel Wife and, and your dad, of course, and, 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 you know, sending all the love and support in the world. Yeah. And um, well, it's, it's hard because it's 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 simultaneously a universal experience. You know, at some point, almost everybody is going to witness the, this this happen to a parent. You know, they, they, you are going to lose your parents. That's just the way their age works. Mm-hmm. But certainly, you know, from our friendship group and my peers, it's been there are very few people um, who I know who have gone through something like this. And mm. the, the few people who I do know, you know, been able to talk to and it's been a great a great comfort but i think it's also it does make it somewhat difficult i think for other people to sort of not not get but kind of understand quite what it's like because the relationship between you as a child and your parent is so and your parents sorry is so fundamental you know, it's mm. it, it's it's completely life defining, you know, that, that you've come to rely on these people and you look up to them always as this. Well, I suppose if you're lucky enough to have good parents, as, as I have, you, you look up to them as this example of what to do and the people who look after you. Mm. And to have that relationship reversed is it's such a, a paradigm shift that it's very, you know, I, 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 I don't know if I can really articulate quite what that's like unless you've gone through it yourself. Yeah, no, of course. And, you know, it's just the, the, the thing that keeps going through my head of is that it just seems so um, dreadfully unfair. You know, the, he's only he's, he's 68, which, you know, it, it is obviously not young, but it's also not really old. You know, that's an age no. that you'd hope to get another 10, 15, 20 years. You'd hope that he would be able to meet grandkids and mm. all that kind of thing. And it, and it just um, it just yeah, the, the, the fact that it doesn't seem fair is the is the mm. main thing that, that sticks with me. I suppose too, I mean, if there is, and I suppose in, in the current moment, what is, what is key as, as much as it is being sort of realistic and fair to yourself, as much as others in your family about how you're sort of coping with this process. If an initial prognosis was a real sort of, you know, I think doctors often call it sort of tiger country, Mm. um, where you know certainly within an operation, but 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 again too when you're when you're talking about things in terms of prognosis, if you've gone through a period of tiger country and actually after these operations there has you know there has been you know he was recovering well, then you've got to sort of hold on to that optimism Mm. and as you say quite rightly make the most of the time that you have and don't be dissuaded or distracted you know to make the most of that time and not think about. An, an end point getting closer it's more of an it's just an extension as opposed to you know so, something coming to a close yeah and and it's and it's making the most of the good times it's 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 when things are good uh, sort of it, it's trying to sink into the moment and not think about what is going to come it's appreciating what you have and it's something that i think um I perhaps maybe find a bit easier than my mum my mum's a very pessimistic person naturally mm. and i do worry that she is going through this experience and you know i'm sure i'm sure that she is because obviously i'm only seeing them for a few hours each day but it's making sure that she is drinking in those moments when times are good and they are you know able to enjoy each other's company but yeah i wanted to mention it because it's been why there has been not very much stuff including the wikicast coming out because frankly i haven't been in the mood i've not been in the right headspace to do recording and i do apologize if this is a, a topic that people don't necessarily want to hear about or if it's particularly traumatic because it's something that you are going through or you have gone through Mm. but yeah i thought it was too important to not mention but let's 
let's draw a, a veil, so to speak, over, over over that, and perhaps we can move on with the rest of the show, Dan, where you can recommend a choral piece for me. And this will be my piece of the week. Drum roll, please. Gosh, well, do I ever have a choral piece for you? In fact, I am performing this said piece tomorrow. Oh, it's a piece that you will know. It is a piece that stands out in this composer's standard repertoire. If I was to say sort of hearty Sunday roast Victoriana musical fair, what composer would you think of? I mean, the first name that jumps to my mind is Stainer. Okay, so stick with the S and the T, but change the other letters at the end. Would you perhaps be thinking of... <laughs> so I'm just trying to think of a stupid answer, but I can't. I can't not think of Stanford. Stanford is correct. If you were to suggest to me a piece that stands out from his standard repertoire, but is still standard in terms of its performance, sort of performative context, but is slightly different, and you will have sung at the chapel choir, possibly in Germany... Ah, are you year. thinking of the Magnificat for Double Choir? I am indeed thinking about the Stanford Magnificat for Double Choir. <sighs> it's a bit of a beast, isn't it? It's a heck of a beast. Yeah, absolutely. I've only ever done it once before, and it was a very long time ago. So I actually have a rehearsal at uh, Buckfast Abbey this evening, and rehearsals tomorrow, and then there is a there is a, an enormous concert of sort of Marian music, and of course ending with the, ending with the Magnificat text. Mm. in that sort of interpretation is going to be amazing. And there's, there's loads of other brilliant music that I could have picked as my choral piece of the week. But I thought the Stanford Master Double Choir is great because so many people, especially if you've come from a, a sort of collegiate university chapel choir context or something it's similar, similar to that, then you will no doubt know sort of, you know, Stanford in G, Stanford in B flat, Stanford in C. A, the best one. Yeah, Stanford in a, you know Stanford in a key indeed you know there's 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 plenty of them, but if you're if you're not familiar with his his Latin text setting of the Magnificat for double choir, then I highly recommend you have a listen because it really is extraordinary. I mean, it's very silly, but it's great. To give listeners an idea of why, I mean, how how is it so different? Because you know it is a Magnificat; it's the same text, but it is a, definitely a step above those other settings that you mentioned. But it, but in what way? Yeah. So. The thing that's probably most notable about it, aside from it being in Latin, is that the structure of the piece is very different to a standard Magnificat setting for a service of choral evensong, namely in its length. Mm. There are extended themes that are sort of further established through the breaking up of the entire Magnificat text into certain sections, and then you might get a sort of a repeated sort of leitmotif theme for the for the simple word Magnificat, um, which is repeated consistently throughout but then as far as the sort of the flavors and colors of the piece it changes quite a lot you know it's quite mm. a it's quite a varied piece if you think about it from a point of sort of not only sort of dynamic range but the range of the range of sort of color certainly it's very very different i don't know i mean did, did you enjoy singing it when you were singing with the chapel choir or very very much it was that level of difficulty of piece that is really rewarding to sing without being frustrating yes you know it's it's a when, when you get it right and you're in that groove it's incredible i think i think that's true possibly of just double choir pieces in general once you get into mm. the groove and you're passing the, the motifs from one choir to the other and you're building over you know on what the other choir has done 
it's just really satisfying. Yeah. Really, really liked it. Well, I, and actually, I should mention it in this corner, I suppose, that um, Pixel Wife and I had, uh, we performed our concert together with our, our choir in Bath a couple of weeks ago. Oh, yes. How was that? Really great. Really, really good. Uh, the reason I bring it up is because we were performing the Rheinberger uh, Cantus Missae for, for Double Choir, which was the, mm -hmm. the reason I was brought on, actually, was as a, a dep to, to shore up the uh, second choir. And that that's a, a really good piece. Really, really enjoyed it. But the whole concert was good. It was very well received. There was one instance, which I will recount, which was we were doing, as I think I mentioned before, that some quite complex, difficult stuff by a modern composer called Wolfram Buchenberg. Ah, uh, yes. And um, in particular, we were doing his, oh God, are they four sacred songs? I think Wir Gesliche uh, Gesange or something like that. Bless you. Uh, uh, thank you. Gesundheit. And the, the last one of these was the one that we were all worried about anyway. And basically, there was a point where you have an, in, an introductory section and then there's, it's not necessarily a key change, but like a large structural change in the piece. And at that moment, about, I don't know, a minute into that that piece, the, the everyone's pitch just collapsed. And mm. the conductor called it to a stop turned around to the audience and said, sometimes in life, you've just got to try again. And mm. we did it again. Turns out, as a matter of fact, that someone's phone had gone off ah. very near the choir and the pitch was almost, but not quite, what the altos were supposed to be singing. And so ah, their, their pitch went and then everybody else's collapsed, which was kind of funny in itself. But um, what was funny was I was holding my, my music up and my watch, uh, I wear a Garmin watch, my watch buzzed. And I looked at it, and uh, this was at the moment when we reset. And it basically, I wrote, I turned my wrist, and it, my watch was telling me, "You appear to be in a very high stress state. Here's a breathing exercise." <laughs> <laughs> like, wow, yeah, I can, I can absolutely sympathise with moments like that when pieces just start, start to become a little too unpicked to be comfortable, yeah. and then you've got to really, really fight desperately <laughs> to stop it. My watch was like, "Hey, hey." Let's see what's going on here. Your heartbeat's yeah. about 240 beats a minute. <laughs> yeah. uh, but but, yes. but uh, anyway, sorry, that, 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 was, that was the concert story. But yes, great pick, Dan, for Choral Pieces of the Week. I do really like uh, Stanford Double Mag. Mm, I'm sure it's going to be really good fun. Um, and uh, particularly, I mean, there's a, the, thing I, the thing I didn't know about it until I had a look at, you know, was properly looking over notes in preparation for rehearsals and concert is there, there is, I hadn't realised it was dedicated to Parry. Oh, I didn't. Um, no. the, the piece. And most sort of tragically, I think, for Stanford, the piece was finished in 1918, but wasn't published until 1919. And Parry had died at the end, oh, um, no. uh, before the publication. So there is a, there is an inscription at the top of the piece, at the top of the of the of the sort of manuscript and and the and the published works that says this work which death prevented me from giving Charles Hubert Hastings Parry in life, I dedicate to his name in grief, Aww. CVS. Which is really, really, and I had no idea until until having actually looked at a, you know, a legitimate copy of it as opposed to one of the ones you'll find on CPDL that's likely ridden, riddled with mistakes anyway. Yeah, wow. Yeah, so really, yeah, so it should be a really good concert. I'm really looking forward to it. And um, I would imagine, because it's probably one of the, if not the most the le lengthy not necessarily most complicated but certainly the lengthiest piece in the concert mm. then um we will likely be looking at it this evening so that should be fun so that's my choral piece of the week magnificent for double choir opus 164 by charles villiers stanford yes simon so it's fitting that that we've just had a story about a magnificat because if the the sort of eagle-eared readership may may remember that in the last episode we were 
talking about a story that was associated with a particular setting of the Nunc Dimittis. By Holst. A sort of sister piece hmm. to the Magnificat. Yes, by Holst. Um, now, this story involves a certain choral singer who you, you may know, Simon, um, because it was me. <laughs> and you know exactly the story that we're talking about but but i uh, i'm looking at the time dan i think we I are actually think we have time do we no oh, gosh, no we are gonna have to move on well, i'll tell you what we'll have to talk about it next week yeah. next episode next episode okay, next brilliant. episode for sure so we find ourselves now in critics corner dan mm-hmm. and in, in your time that you've been you've been enjoying off recently in between you know spending time with your partner and being in london mm-hmm. have you had anything that you would like to critique yeah you know i do so i have been able to finally finish the last of us because my partner and i have been watching that together on an evening because it makes it a little bit spookier mm. and having not been able to see her for a while we, we were quite a few episodes behind but we have now thankfully managed to finish that and i was amazed by it i thought it was absolutely brilliant pedro pascal completely completely fantastic and bella ramsey amazing performances across the board i really enjoyed it i thought having never played the game but some, that's something i am very very interested in doing um, i was i just thought it was really beautifully done i thought i thought the writing was really super i thought the performances were amazing i thought some of the shots and the deliberate intention to mirror shots from the game in the television series there's a really brilliant video on youtube where you can see them in parallel sort of one one next to another and and it's amazing but so i I completely loved that and thought it was brilliant however i'm going to reserve most of my time in critics corner to talk about one thing and one thing in particular and that is i have finally got around to seeing everything everywhere all at once right and i have not seen a film in a long time that has produced within me such uh, a sort of such a physical tactile response a positive i thought what? it was com- oh completely positive uh, completely positive i thought i thought it was an absolute i thought it was a brilliant brilliant film not a not a perfect film and i stand by that there is only one perfect film um and that's a very chicken run that's a sort of um contentious opinion anyway um especially when i tell you what the that i think it's um american beauty which is riddled with complications uh, uh, um, oh yeah yeah i know well but anyway that, that i stand by it but what a fa- yeah what a phenomenal piece of art i mean the the performances and i thought were staggering the the sip like the editing behind that that show and and how they managed to pull it off and in the you know this there's moments where I was watching and just absolutely bawling my eyes out at, at the emotional power that they were able to sort of conjure up and then make me feel every single bit. It was completely brilliant and beautiful and I loved it and I can't wait for you to watch it. And then next episode, we will have a very, very lengthy chat yes. about everything, all of it, because, you know, it will be it will be great. I've been saving up watching it. I've, I've had it on my list for a very, very long time. Several people, including Captain Reed from the community, has been really badgering me to watch it. And it's actually playing at a cinema in Bath this weekend. So if a Pixel Wife and I can, can get into town uh, on, I think it's Saturday evening, we will... We'll try and watch it. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I'm very, very looking, very much looking forward to it. As you know, this was an Oscar season that I sort of looked at a lot of it and went, ah, but that's the film that has very much stood out as like, I know that I'm going to enjoy this. I know, I know I'm going to want to watch it. Uh, did you see The Whale? No, I still haven't seen that and I would really like to. I don't know if I want to or not because I know it's an Aronofsky film and I know that they're quite horrifying. <laughs> if they're not mm. horror, they're horrifying. Yeah. 
I would like to see it. I want to see, um, I want to see Fraser's performance, but I wasn't nearly as interested in seeing it than I was everything everywhere all at once. I mean, to win seven of the eleven Academy Awards, yeah, is extraordinary. Best picture, best director, best actress, best supporting actor, best supporting actress, best original screenplay, and best editing. I mean, just staggering. Very, very rare that you get a film that, that sweeps the board quite like that. And and in not a, um, you know, in a relatively crowded field, I mean, Tar was the other one that came out this year, wasn't it? That was tips to win mm. a lot of them. It's a similar situation, I suppose, to Return of the King, because that came out in 2003, which was the same year as Master and Commander. Mm. And, you know, they were ended up winning 11, but it was winning 11 against quite a lot of good films, really. Yeah. Prior to the Oscar ceremony, IGN reported that Everything Everywhere All at Once had already surpassed The Lord of the Rings Return of the King as the most awarded film of all time. Oh, really? Which takes some doing. Yeah, yeah wow. Or is that just because there are more awards available now? I think it probably is, yeah. I'll have um, to, I'll, I'll reserve judgment, but it's going to take a lot to dethrone, if you'll pardon the pun, The Return of the King. So the film was nominated, so Lord, Lord of the Rings was nominated for 11. And it won all of them, yes. Yeah. And the 76th Academy Awards won all of them. Yeah, it's extraordinary, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> it really is just such an achievement. Like, it's never, you're never going to see anything quite like The Return of the King or The, or the Lord of the Rings trilogy again, I don't think. Hmm. But but I did, um, Pixel Wife and I did actually have our date night last night and we went to watch a film oh, at yes. the cinema, which was the first time that's happened for a long time. And we went to see a film called Hallelujah, which I don't know if you've heard about, because no. I hadn't. I don't know whether I... I don't think I have. So it's based on a play. I'm just googling now i'm pretty sure it's an alan bennett film hang on uh because it's got when did it come out i think it came out at the end of last year yes alan bennett play yes so it came out at the end of last year i don't know how long it's been in cinemas because it's you know a um you know you put it out at a certain season for awards and, and whatnot and whatnot oh it was released in the uk last week right. but it's basically it, <laughs> i was looking for something to thank pixel life being so generous with her time and sort of helping me, you know, get to my parents and spending time with them and have very precious amount of time off because she doesn't get very much time off at all. And so I, I identified this film as something that she would want to see because it turns out that my wife's like reset button, her Achilles heel is old people. Mm. She finds old people adorable. Yeah, I, I get that. When I saw that this was a film about the closure of a geriatric ward in a small hospital up north mm. i was like this has got everything it's got the north it's got old people it's got music as part of it and i went and turned up to the cinema with her with the biggest box of tissues i possibly could mm. and they were needed uh, because uh, it made her cry a lot and she enjoyed it i'm not sure i would say it's a great film it felt like there was a very good film that was put in a bag and just shaken around a bit Right. There were some very good components to it, but I don't think it quite hung together as a very a, a good piece. There's an interesting, well, it's, it's it's not really a subtext. It's a text of the film about the NHS and how much we should appreciate it and uh, the fact that it's kind of being portioned off bit by bit by uh, conservative governments. Mm. And that becomes very explicit at the end of the film. And there's an interesting, what I think is a metaphor, but it might not be. It might just be... Oh God! I nearly gave a massive spoiler for the film. Uh, but if anybody's seen it, you'll know what I mean. There's a, that, that bit at the end could be a metaphor. It might not be. It might just be Jennifer Saunders' character. Uh, but yeah, True. first time I've been to the cinema for a long time, for several months. I don't know anything about it. I'm I'm, I'm going to have to do some. I'm going to have to watch the trailer or something. I do like Jennifer Saunders, so. Yeah, she's the the lead along with um, Bally Gill, who plays uh, the Doctor, and then you've got uh, people like Derek Jacobi, David Bradley, Russell Tovey from the History Boys, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So you know, it's a, it's a good cast. There's some there's some good stuff in there. 
but I'm not sure I'd write home about it too much. But that that was the only thing, film that I've seen recently. I have, however, been watching a lot of stuff. I want to give a shout out to two recommendations, <laughs> two very different recommendations. First of all, uh, have you ever played RimWorld? Yes, I have, but not much. But I am aware. Barry and Ben from the Yogscast are doing a playthrough of RimWorld on the Yogscast Twitch channel, mm-hmm. which in itself is not all of that remarkable. It's That's what they do. What's interesting about it is they are playing a RimWorld mod. So for people that don't know, by the way, RimWorld is where you, you're basically role-playing a small cast of people in a top-down view who have crashed on a planet and you try and survive. And if the playthroughs that I've seen and the playthroughs we've heard about from our friend Hugo or anything to go by, it normally ends up in sort of organ trafficking and, you know, keeping people hostage so you can harvest limbs from them when your colonists start losing their own limbs. And it gets very dark very quickly. Mm-hmm. But Ben and Barry are playing with a Pokemon mod. So all of the uh, animals that you'd find in Wim World normally, things like wolves and fish and all that kind of stuff, are replaced by Pokemon that have their Pokemon abilities from the games. Right. So you you catch them with Pokeballs, you train them, and they develop like skill sets that you can use to help you. But also their their types help you. So if you have an ice Pokemon, for example, if you put that in a room, it makes that room a freezer. Right. Oh, I see. And if you have a big Pokemon, you can use it to like haul stuff around. Mm. And it's just really engaging. It's been a really really enjoyable watch. I'd highly recommend it. Oh, fair. Well, on that note, I have been thoroughly enjoying the hat films lads oh twitch streams of vault hunters vault hunters my goodness it's, it's so, so good. good it's so good i can't watch the youtube sort of episodes anymore because i like being able to I'll, I'll i'll watch live when i can and then if not i'll just binge the recording session yeah and and just have it on while I'm sort of while I'm working or in the background or treating it like a podcast because really that is what it is. I mean, there's some there's some great visual moments, but it's just it's it's just them doing their thing and it's it's great. I'm 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 really loving it. Yeah, uh, absolutely uh, hard agree. Their stuff recently. I mean, their their ranch sim series was one of my favorite things they've ever done, and Vault Hunters yes. is immediately up there as well. Oh, so good. So, so, so good. Golden age for hat films at the moment. Absolutely. The other thing, uh, which is very different, and I'll only briefly mention, um, is I have hit upon a new fitness strategy. Oh, right. So I signed up to my local gym, which doesn't have a huge amount of equipment, but it's it's close. So there's no friction to me getting there. And I have been trying to lose weight because I, I did what everybody does and put a bit of weight on over Christmas. And then everything that's been happening recently, the event, I sort of been stress eating. So I've been, you know, trying to trying to watch what I eat, but also going to the gym. And I've discovered a real hack, which is all you've got to do, in my case, this has worked, disclaimer, is get to the gym, get on a stationary bike and put an episode of a TV show on that you want to watch mm-hmm. and only watch that TV show when you are at the gym. So your desire to finish, you know, the next episode and learn what happens next, mm. you've got to you've got to get on the stationary bike and burn about 500 calories to do that. And I've been doing it with Star Trek. So I've been watching Star Trek Voyager and 45 minutes at a time watching sci-fi and then just leaving the gym. And it's the most enjoyable way I've ever found to exercise. Like I actively look forward to doing it now like several times a week. Oh, amazing. Uh, just you know so it's kind of a recommendation for star trek voyager which is all over the place in terms of quality uh but again if you're going to watch it listen to the greatest generation podcast but also yeah just kind of making exercise fun mm. like i feel like if you make something fun you're much more likely to do it and turn it into a habit so 
Yeah, th there you go. Pro tip. Look at that. Make exercise fun again. Love that. Top lad. And it's that time again. If we remember the order of everything in this podcast, it has been a while. What year is we it? Find ourselves, <laughs> Morty. <laughs> we find ourselves in the Patreon corner. An opportunity to say an enormous thank you to those who support us on Patreon. That's patreon.com forward slash the Wikicast. Without your support, this podcast wouldn't really be able to, to, to sort of keep going, really. You pay for our glorious editor, Fergus, and you pay for our vital hosting. Without the hosting, the podca podcast has nowhere to go. I'm not sure I'd describe the hosting as vital hosting, Dad. I mean, there's nothing about this podcast that's vital. <laughs> well, that, yeah, no, that, to, be, to be fair, vital might be <laughs> a, a slight... Vital in about eight quotation marks. <laughs> a, slight, a, slight, a slight exaggeration. I would like to say an enormous thank you to those who support at Top Dog Tier. Uh, and they are Jay Wright, Ben McMurtry, Peter Reed, Codzo, Colin J. Brown, Lexi at Front Desk, Hasse Hansen, Henry VII, King of England and of France, Lord of Ireland, Aaron Jorgensen, Naflarok, Andrian with an N, Chan, Ben Caples, Martin Narciso, Christian from the Alps, Lexi at Front Desk's boss, Amy Bonney, Sophie, Brummy Mike, and Carnav. Thank you so much. Whereas I, oh, we need to double check the the numbers, Dan. How many how many top cats? Sorry, how many top dogs do you have? Thirty. Wait, you got thirty top dogs? <laughs> no, I was just pulling your leg. Um, we've got I've got nineteen top dogs. Ah, I need to I need to change my filters. I see you've played knifey spoony before. Yes. You've got nineteen top dogs, and I have uh, eighteen top cats. <laughs> Woohoo! Once again! Oh. <laughs> well, I would, however, like to thank this slightly fewer in number but higher in quality Top Cats. The Top Cat, of course, of all is Susie, who has presumably been listening to this whole conversation with only marginally masked disgust from the other room. Um, but uh, the people who actually support us at the Top Cat level on Patreon are Isabella, Lexi at Front Desk's arch enemy. <laughs> That's... That's, That's a new brilliant. one. This is good. James S, Anna Reifer, Nathan Flaherty, Kareen on Caffeine, Simon P, Jack Easton, Izzy CC, Nafi Iftikar, Christopher Betterton, Dame Valerie the Third, Layla Medina, Will Jennis Humphreys, Rents Kirk, Oliver Burkhart, Cole Mansfield, and the one and the only Dan Hanvey. I love the Lexi at front desks cinematic universe that yeah, the Wicked Cast has built. It's fantastic. <laughs> Top lad. And to close, we arrive in that most glorious of dank, dark, da, 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 da. sorry, moist caves. That is <laughs> correspondence. I like this a lot less now. <laughs> we just need to sort of focus. If we could have a sort of slightly echoed effect. Uh, on voices, Can we get a sort some, of dripping, yeah, slight of, dripping from there. sort of stalactites. I'm, I'm just going to walk um, over to the first email. Hang on, <laughs> put some, please put some squelching it. in there. Yeah. Well, while you, well, you walk over and find that email, Simon, I'll light a fire and we'll get. Let's just see what. Let's just see what Fergus can do. Oh, oh god! Oh, I've just put my foot in a puddle. Simon, is oh. that is, is that a giraffe? <laughs> <laughs> oh. Right, okay, anyway, I'm just going to rip this stalactite off of the wall. Hang on. And, uh, oh, in here we have a message uh, from Matthew Can. Amazing. The professor, dearest professor. lovely chaps. 
further to one's invitation to write in regarding the above televisual program, subject, ghosts, I can yes. wholeheartedly recommend said televisual program. I hadn't quite grasped the poet Thomas being an on-screen version of Dan, but now you mention it, yes. <laughs> Brilliant. The have you seen any of this, by the way, since uh, we talked? I've, I've seen bits of it, but I do need to. I need to properly sort of consume it. In a, in a, in a it doesn't take long. You could binge it very, yes. very quickly. Uh, the characters of the piece, the professor continues, especially the caveman Robin, have some of the most fantastic one-liners that leave me and Punk Wife absolutely corpsing. <laughs> punk Wife, that's superb. <laughs> Who's superb? Oh, uh, it's. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Robin has some brilliant one line. It's like, bad need fix, architrave. <laughs> one that everyone sleeps on. Sorry, the professor continues. No matter what mood you're in before watching an episode, you're absolutely guaranteed to come out refreshed and suitably humoured. Having said this, the beautiful storylines of the Christmas specials are absolute tearjerkers and the writers are geniuses. I do concur. Watch the episodes, Dan. You won't regret it. Yours, Professor Punk Can, aged 10 Prince Louis. Amazing. Well, we have it on good the, the highest authority. I will, I will surely, Professor, consume ghosts and, uh, and report back with my findings. Now, Dan, behind that, that moss on that wall, if you want to rub that off. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah I think I'm we've got another mess. Oh, okay. Simon is slimy. Oh, I like it. Don't, oh, don't wipe it on me. Oh, yeah, sorry. Well, anyway. What does that say? There's a message here. Oh, yeah, we've got a... Sorry, sorry sort of... Inscribed into the rock behind this moss. <laughs> you think we've exhausted this? <laughs> oh no, this bit is going to keep on going. It's got more legs than the centipede, this bit. There's an inscription. It says, news from the front, questions and thoughts on a film. Right, yeah, well, we've got a message. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read the message. Yeah, let me move the lantern a bit closer. I'm so sorry, Fergus. It reads... Typewriter noises <laughs> for the attention of S. Clark and D. Moore. Greetings, gentlemen. Stop. From longtime listener, first time writer. Stop. Wanted to write regarding the Patreon conflict and give thoughts on a film. Stop. Regarding the last episode, I could not let the cat dog parody continue one more day. Stop. Consequently, I have begun a pledge at top cat tier. Stop. God damn it. March to the sounds of barks, comrades. Together we'll hold back the canine tide. Stop. All right, this gimmick has gone on too long, so I guess I'll... Stop. Oh, <laughs> 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 uh, uh, it was so close to keeping the balance between cats and dogs, but... Oh, gosh. Uh, we have a message here from James that says, Jokes aside, thank you both for the hours of non-content that you've produced. At the moment, I'm slowly working through your back catalogue. Oh, gosh, James. Mm. You have to buy us a drink first. <laughs> Having just reached your COVID-era episodes and they prove a much-welcome distraction from my mundane 9-to-5 job, I have a couple of questions plus some film thoughts. A few weeks ago, Simon, you were asking on Twitter for other creators' opinions on P.O. Boxes. Mm. boxes. Did you reach a positive yes or no conclusion? Ah, yes. So I, I should have mentioned this actually earlier. Yes, I am now the proud owner of a P.O. box. So I'm going to say this with the understand. I just want to be very clear about this. Please don't send me anything perishable or living mm. or that could possibly rot because I only check this about once a month. OK, with that being said, 
If people would like to send me, or us rather, the Wikicast, some post, you can do so. And perhaps we'll do an episode where we do a, a mailbag and we just open things that people have sent us. Well, that would be a good one to do when we, if perhaps we could, we could let let said PO box if if it proves popular, accrue. Um, and then maybe do a, yeah. you know, if you'd like to see our faces, because we've been saying that for literally years and we haven't yeah. <laughs> done anything about it. Well, if, if you would like to send us something, then the address is, take this down, Tired Bear Films, P.O. Box 5598, Bath, as in the city of Bath, and the postcode is Bravo Alpha 1 Zero Delta Zulu. So B A 1 Zero D Z united kingdom so i won't put that in the, the show notes in case that gets crawled you know by a bot or something but if you would like to send us something then there's the address and um yeah i think if that that would be a really fun episode if we if we when we next see each other in person we will endeavor to do a, an unboxing so Absolutely. send us send us what you like as long as it doesn't rot <laughs> perfect James goes on to say, I for one think it would make a great avenue for viewers slash readers to bombard you with material to review, critique with Dan on Sponge and Electric, or just to send some odd pieces of fan mail. Failing a personal PO box, what about arrangement to forward things to Yorkscast offices if you could swing it? Well, James. There you go. Rewind this podcast and you'll have the address right there. Uh, speaking of the Yogs, have you considered being asked to contribute to a Games Night channel? Yes, I mean, I've been speaking to Lewis about this for a while, about uh, wanting to do some sort of battle reports with them and some painting content. I think it comes down to them having the editing manpower, because it is a big... Doing a battle report or doing editing stuff, like, it's a big technical setup mm. and there's a lot of editing that needs to happen. But perhaps now, I mean, this is going to date the episode slightly, but um, now with the release, or, or rather the announcement of 10th edition of Warhammer 40,000, uh, which is very exciting, and I've refrained from talking about it thus far, but it's very, very, very exciting, maybe there will be some more content coming out. So yes, I would like, I have been in talks about it, but we need to make something practically work. Finally, Sam would like to recommend last year's Empire of Light to us both. I've heard about this. It's a romance slash drama directed by Sam Mendes and shot by Roger Deakins. Yeah, boy! It uh, revolves around the life uh, of a cinema floor manager in Margate in 1980-81. I don't want to give too much else away, just don't expect it to be a simple story. The highs are very heartwarming and the lows are rather not. <laughs> I'd also quite like its soundtrack by Trent Reznor and Atticus Ross. Wow, you know what soundtrack they did? Uh, go on. They did the soundtrack for The Social Network. Uh, of course they did. So that's um, oh, okay. Trent yeah, Reznor gosh. from Nine Inch Nails. But yeah. I mean, wow, what a superstar team. Them with Roger Deakins, the greatest cinematographer of all time, and Sam Mendes. I... I'm going to look into that. Yeah. Verily. Best of luck to you uh, both as we plough through the rest of this year, especially on the job hunt, Dan. Thank you very much. My apologies for knackering your top cat versus top dog tie so soon james s aged 4.5 prince louis wait a minute dan i just remember we're in a cave and it's it's, it's dripping and dank oh uh, yeah whoa it's we got so into that we got so into that message it's almost like the the, the sort of the sounds around us just stopped and and now they're back that's you're so, a wizard harry that's weird <laughs> that's really weird this is fergus the editor both of you give me a pay rise and then should we have I, I think um wait a minute if i if i scrunch over this gravel and there's a, a, a oh yeah cave yep. gravel i'm with you yep and then oh wait hang on over this pile of silverware oh, careful yep and there's this scroll which i'm just going to open now and oh it's caught fire look oh no 
But from the on, ashes. Let me, put, let me let me put it out. Hang on, I'll just um let me just wee on it. Hang on, if I just uh, do my oh, just yeah. do my my flies now. Yep. And uh, uh, there you go. Stop reading. Uh, oh wait, hang on. No, uh, from from the ashes, a message is appearing, written as if by magic. Are you sure it's not a phoenix? A piss phoenix, Simon. <laughs> piss, it's one of those. A piss phoenix. <laughs> Oh my god, oh, oh it's flapping its wings! Oh, oh god. <laughs> oh god. We're getting no. covered. Oh, but but the, the, the droplets of urine. <laughs> They're <laughs> forming a message on the wall. <laughs> From Marianne Berriot. I bet you didn't see oh, this coming when you wrote this email. <laughs> uh, Greetings, says the message, to those who are clearly not from the most boring province in the world to draw and the hardest to spell, aka Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan? I'm never sure how you supposed to pronounce it. Um, so we were minding our own business, driving through the Canadian prairies between Regina, Saskatchewan and Calgary, Alberta, while listening to your somewhat recent podcast on Rubber Boo. First off, I oh, applaud yeah. your... Yeah, it's a while ago now. <laughs> First off, I applaud your pronunciation of the word Anishinaabe, something like that. I think. Uh, well done. It's an indigenous word that's not easy to say. However, we need to talk about how you said and I'm going to say this as written, without looking at the pronunciation notes, Metis and Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan, whatever. Yeah. We almost drove off the road the first time you said it. Metis, which is M-E accent acute D-T-I-S, is pronounced Matey. For the love of things nerdy, don't say the S. So, Matey. Matey, got it. Now, Saskatchewan is more complicated. If you're anywhere from Canada except Saskatchewan, it's Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. If you are from Saskatchewan, and yes, we can tell, it's Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. Was it skate or scat? Saskatchewan. 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 I'm from Saskatchewan. Apparently I'm not. Saskatchewan. Saskatchewan. Anyways, thoroughly enjoyed the episode and thanks for making us smile. Marianne Berrio, I'm guessing. Uh, have fun with that uh, matey French-Canadian name. And Asher Kerr-Wilson. Oh, hang on, P.S. Because it's nothing. Because I'm nothing if not kind. It's pronounced Marianne Berrio. Oh yeah, that's what I said. Well, it's like a French name, basically. Yeah. Nice. We do appreciate having this kind of correspondence. We really do, because like, if you're not told how to pronounce something that you've only learned from reading, you're never going to mm. improve. No. So, you know, thank you for genuinely, and I'm not saying this to be sarcastic, but thank you very much for for you know improving our knowledge somewhat. Oh, completely. We do have another message. We do. But we will save it for next time. When we will be in... We will be scuba diving. <laughs> we will be scuba diving. We will be scuba diving. It's not going to be... Complete fail. A, a whole hour of that. <laughs> I'm bobbing up and down out of the water. So, Dan, what have you learned about today? <laughs> So, Simon. Oh, sure, like. <laughs> yes, it is. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, Simon, what have we learned today? Today, Dan, we learned precious little about Franklin County Jail in Benton, oh, Illinois. Yes. The more you know, every day is a school day, Simon. Yeah, every day is a school day. We learned about Gable Dormers. Yeah. Not much else. And I did a, I did an, another old man plug of Rice's Church Primer, which again, <laughs> and I mean this completely sincerely, is a really extraordinary, gorgeous book. And if you're interested in that sort of stuff, then 
well, A, what's wrong with you? Uh, B, let's catch up. <laughs> and C, you should get the book. It's, 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 a co- it's not a complicated list. Um, what else do we talk about? We, well, we had a big we update. We had a choral on... piece of the week. Yep, we had, a, we had the choral piece of the week, the excellent double mag by Stanford. We had a bit of an update on sort of what's been going on in in general. Yes. And lots of stuff in Critics Corner, actually, including your effusive praise for everything, everywhere, all at once, which I'm very much looking forward to watching. Totally. That's all for this episode. Don't forget to subscribe to us on your podcasting service of choice, join the Discord, and if you'd like to see our faces, check out our YouTube channel, Spongy and Electric. Ghosts, film recommendations, and other thoughts on the show can be sent to us at spongyelectric at gmail.com and packages, real-life packages and letters can be sent to the P.O. Box message earlier. It's somewhere in the podcast. I I can't remember exactly. He said it 52 minutes into the pod. But we would, however, in either case, love to hear from you. Join us again for another tumble down the wiki rabbit hole. And, and we'll, we'll see, see you, you next, next time. time. It's a bloody piss, Phoenix! <laughs>